Welcome back to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Mirta. And today we're talking about anchoring or the anchoring bias. Welcome to the Black Belt and Thinking podcast. I'm Peter Cronin, lead presenter of the Black Belt and Thinking. This is a podcast where we look at all things to do with thinking faster and acting more purposefully. I interview experts in their field to try and provide you with the insights to the way they think and the tools and processes they use on a day-to-day basis. If you find value in this podcast, love for you to share it with others. All right, Mieta, what do you got? What's what's the anchoring bias? Anchoring bias is basically our tendency to over-rely on the first available information that we get. And that first available information, whether right or wrong, it shapes our perception of reality of what uh, of whatever situation we're in. And obviously, as a result, it influences the decision that we make. Yeah, cool. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I that's what I got to. It's... I, I find that with these biases, it's in the name, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you get anchored to something. <laughs> we get anchored to whatever is... is the first piece of information that we get. I think, I think the most interesting thing is we don't necessarily accept it, but like, like as in uh, we might not like it, so to speak. Uh, so so I, I, I keep getting, I don't know if I'm anchored to this, but I keep thinking of like price-based examples, right? If you hear the first price, you get anchored to it. Like that's, a th- that's, that's the thing we're discussing. Um, you, might, you might think it's horrendously expensive or horrendously cheap, uh, but you just get drawn towards it like gravity. You can't, you can't, even if you think it's expensive, you're then anchored off that. That's 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 your reference point, right? You've only got one reference point. And even if you get new ones, your brain goes, oh, well, the first one's the most important, basically. Right. Huh. So I've uh, m- the most prominent thing with these biases and with the anchoring bias in particular oh. is that this one in particular is really most prominent in situations that we don't really have prior knowledge on. Oh yeah. So if I go to the supermarket and I see a $4 bread, I'll go, wow, I'd never pay $4 for a bread. Right. Like that's just not reasonable to me. Yeah. As opposed to if I'm buying a house, which I do once every decade maybe. or if I'm buying a car or some rare purchase, or if I'm buying something, like if I'm buying some very um, collector, I don't know, collector's item, maybe. But something Um, really specific. Something very specific that I don't normally buy, and I have no indication of what is reasonable. We we went out and bought, like, well, I I already had one, but like a microphone for for this podcast, right? Right. What were your expectations on how much a microphone costs? Like none, like you just, I don't know. Well, that's right. And then I saw that this particular, because you sent me the link because I'm so clueless. You had to send <laughs> yeah, I was the like, oh, this one I've got, it's pretty good. <laughs> um, but to be fair, and I can't now remember even how much it was, but I remember thinking, oh, it's $50 off, whatever <laughs> price. So I'm getting a bargain, but I have no idea and let's say this mic, I think it was maybe three or four hundred. And let's say for four hundred bucks, I could I could have potentially gotten a mic that was ten times better, but I'd have no idea 
Yeah. That's interesting. I, I thought I was getting a bargain because I saw that it was $50 off. Oh, great. Yeah, right. And I, I think even your price is uh, way off even there. Is it? Yeah, How I much reckon, was it? I reckon it was less than 200. I'm going to go somewhere between 150 and 200. I'm going to Google it now. Oh, great. But let's say it was a $200 microphone and it was 50 bucks. off. Yeah. And if it was 50 off and it was, let's say it was 150 bucks. Yeah. The truth is, I don't know what 150 bucks can actually buy me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, I, so then you'll be, if, if I, I guess if I had just said to you, oh, I bought, rather than saying, oh, I bought this one, Yeti Blue or whatever, if I just said, oh, I bought a microphone for 200 bucks, you'd immediately go, well, I guess $200 is a good microphone. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I'm going to look looking for ones worth $200. That's so true. I think that's exactly what anchoring bias is there. That's that's the example. That's it. That's it. Yeah, well, you know, I don't need to overspend, but I also don't want a cheap, shitty one. So I guess I need to spend $200. Yep. And then actually, if you go recording microphones, Google. Oh, a thousand bucks. Wow. Okay. Yeah, right. What's that all about? Yeah. I thought a good one was 200. What does a thousand dollar one do? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think um, it is actually the, the, the bias is more prevalent in situations or, or has more influence, influence over us in situations where we don't actually have an indication yeah. of what the actual price. And actually, we say price, price, price. It is actually, I think the anchoring bias is mainly, um, mainly to do with financial decisions. I think, I think so. That's, um, most of what I, I don't know, looking into it, I'm mostly seeing, yeah, price stuff. Most of the research I read where people have done, you know, um, uh, you know, experiments on it are all to do with prices of things. Um, yeah, even any of the examples, I think of was like negotiation and stuff. Negotiation and manipulation. <laughs> manipulation. It's interesting you say, um, that stuff we don't know as well. What, I, I, I can't remember exactly because I'm not quoting from it, I'm checking my notes, but it still influences people that should know better way more than it should. Right. So there was a there was an article I read, uh, like some research that somebody did where they had real estate agents for a city, right? Yeah. And then they had uni students, like first year uni students. And they got them both to guess what the median house price was in the city that month okay. you know, from sales. But they, they anchored them. I can't remember how they did it, but they, they gave them some other data and they anchored them. And like it massively swayed the uni students, of course. Yes. It almost as much swayed the real estate agents. Like, really? Like, this is your job. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> oh, it didn't as much. So they had they, you know, they had a bit bit more, I guess, background material to go off, sort of thing, but it still swayed them like way more than it should have. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh okay, that's interesting because that might kill whatever I say later. <laughs> we'll see how we'll see how this podcast goes. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Okay, so if you had to give us um, some sort of an example from, I guess, the business world. Yeah. How would, how would we see, where would we see anchoring bias or where would it, we be most under the influence of it? Yeah, so you're going to see it whenever you see, a, I mean, basically a price for something or you go into like a negotiation for something. Um, I mean, that's, that's heavy, right? Is the negotiation one, actually, yeah. Um, but anything where things try and talk about the value, like, I, I mean, okay, this is not a business one. I suppose it sort of is. Um, you know, there's ads on TV, the infomercials that are like, they, they try to anchor you to how much this blender slash knife slash ab machine is going to cost, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's always, always what they're selling, right? That's um, true. Uh, and then they're like, wow, it's, it's like worth, you know, $1,000. And, whoa, really? And all these accessories are worth $600. What? And you're going to get it for 400 And you know what? <laughs> if you buy it in the next half hour, you're going to get two for 400 like, Why would I not want two ad machines? I know. <laughs> what a bargain. $3,200 worth of value for 400 bucks this next hour, you know? And you might be like, that's ridiculous. Everybody will go, that's ridiculous. 3200 I would never pay that. Yeah, of course you wouldn't. And they never thought that you would. Nobody's yeah. paying that. <laughs> But now you think $400 is reasonable for two ad machines, as opposed to if they said, oh, well, they're 400 bucks. You go, shit, that's a lot for an ad machine off the TV. Yep. <laughs> but I wonder how much, I wonder how, when I think of these infomercials, I think 90s. They're still on. Like, I wonder what the success rate is of these places because yeah, I don't, know. I don't even, I don't nice. necessarily see infomercials, but I will uh, go to sites, for example, that sells clothing online, yeah. online stores, and I will see a brand that I'm not familiar with, and it might be a thousand dollar dress, and now it's being sold for $200. I immediately call BS. Right. Yeah. Like in my yeah. head, I'm like, really, really? Yeah. What? What they? If they were real crafty, I don't know. Yeah, you probably could do this with ads these days online. Like they track you, you know, all the cookies and stuff. What they would do is show you that dress for a thousand bucks for like a month, and then show you like at, at mad discount. You're scaring me right now. You know, like and then you're you scaring me like, with your. Oh, that's a mad good dress. It's a thousand dollar dress. Like I wouldn't true. have paid a thousand bucks for it, but two hundred dollars, what a deal. That would do it. <laughs> that would do it. And I'd go, oh my gosh, that that really was the real price of the dress. Yeah. So let me go and grab that wagon. Yeah. And meanwhile, I'll show you like a bunch like show you like a t-shirt for two hundred dollars and a belt for like three hundred or something. And you're like, man, this is just an expensive brand. <laughs> that is true. Far out. Okay. So I guess this would also play into when you say negotiations. Because oh, what yeah. comes to mind is salary negotiations, maybe, or. Oh, yeah. I was thinking. Uh, so, talking to my you know, partner about this, she's a buyer's agent. So, we're talking about houses a lot to do with this. Um, and yeah, I, so I was thinking negotiation for that. But yeah, I mean, any negotiation where, where prices evolved, right? Selling, I've recently you know, sold a sold my old car. Um, 
and the guy buying off me drove a drove a hard bargain. Um, did, you like, not, did you not anchor him to a price? Well, I don't know because I I you know I have the listing up on car sales or whatever at the price, right? So does that set the anchor? Or does yeah, his... it should. Yeah. So. Did he just go and say, I'll give you half, half that? I mean, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> what everybody comes in, right? I remember trying to sell, oh, man. Anyway, nothing to do with this, but just the the, the random offers you get, eh? Like, oh. Would you swap it for this really yeah. cool designer T-shirt? Yeah, so literally, like, when I was um, trying to sell, like, an old motorbike, it's like, 10 years ago or something, when I was, like, at uni and couldn't afford to have the bike anymore because I needed to pay rent. <laughs> uh, I I sold my motorbike and like the first offers I get were like, oh, would you swap it for would you swap it for this like Toyota Hyas and like two grand your way? <laughs> why do you think that I need that? Like what? <laughs> that's so specific. What chances. What are the chances you're gonna say you have a Toyota? What? Oh my god, you're I was kidding looking for me. a Toyota Hyas. <laughs> that's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> That's exactly what I was gonna do with the money. Yeah. 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 I think now that you say that you were selling your car. Yeah. I was selling Lego on Trade Me. Why would you sell Lego? Why would I sell Lego? Because I don't play with it, and my kids have outgrown it. Have they though? Because I've got a big box of Lego at home, and I've definitely broken into it as an adult and built some fortresses i should have just given it to you i didn't realize actually i do know that because my kids played with your lego <laughs> i do know <laughs> there I, you go see I that's why you don't sell lego i vouched that yeah you do have lego at home well i i had all this lego at home like a huge 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 plastic um i mean it is, box it is it. very expensive plastic as well it is high value plastic that's fair well, it goes out. Is it like silver or gold? I don't what know. Am, what am I missing? It's just expensive. The Lego's so well, expensive. To get back to the anchoring bias, I had this huge box of Lego. And what is it worth to me? Nothing. But it is. it was actually probably $1,000 worth of Lego in there. Yeah, right. Because by the time you buy all these sets... So when I put the listing on, I, I, I didn't at all think about this, but any listing that I put on trade me, it's $1 reserve. It's regardless of what it is, right? Okay. Yeah. So I kind of anchor myself to, I want to get rid of shit out of uh, my house. Right. I I'll, want I'll someone take, to pick I'll this up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anything that I get, I'm like, oh my gosh, what a bargain. But yeah, I guess right. when I did put the listing up, I put it as one reserve. $1 reserve. And then I did mention in the listing, which is true, that there is $1,000, at least $1,000 worth of Lego in there at retail prices. You know what you sound like? You sound like a TV infomercial music. But, but wait, wait for it. I had a complete Lego train in there, operational Lego train. Wow. Battery powered. Super expensive, actually. So, <laughs> can't imagine. We ended up getting 400 bucks for this all this bulk Lego. Yeah, right. Okay, cool. Which the lady who bought it for her grown-up son, who's 28. See, there you go. Yes, I know, I know. They're going to come back around like, Mom, do you still have that Lego? Or why did you sell the Lego? 
<laughs> well, she thought she got an awesome deal. And I thought I got an awesome deal. But we had completely different anchors. My anchor was $1 and hers was 1000 Right. So that, I think that's probably a perfect example of... That is. That's actually really interesting. I've, I'll actually talk about the negotiation stuff now because I keep distracting us. <laughs> Go. But this is so interesting, right? So there's this advice out there. Um, yeah, Rhiannon was talking about it to me. Um, that she'd heard from a couple of people as well. That something like, he who speaks first in negotiation loses. And this proves that's not true. Like they, yeah, there's a lot of research done to that. And the, the first person to speak sets the anchor. And obviously the second person then responds and sort of sets the, the I think they call it a counter anchor or something. You know, they, now you've got the parameters sort of thing. Um, but let's say you think a house is worth 1.5 million and you go in at 1.2 and they're like, what the, f like, no, that's terrible. It's at least 1.5 sort of thing. Yeah, okay, I'll go back to my buyer and discuss it. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, you know, we, I don't know. I'm not implying at all this is how she negotiates or does her job. This is me making shit up, so don't judge. <laughs> you might go, oh, I didn't realize there was a pool. Yeah, all right, we'll go to 1.3 sort of thing. Like, I'm sure she doesn't, I'm sure she's more professional with this. <laughs> but the anchor's at 1.2, right? Yeah. So what's interesting is it's proven that the anchor drives the final price. Like, so much research has been done into this. But the problem is you anchor yourselves as well. So I've already anchored 1.2 in my mind, even though I said it and I knew exactly what I was doing. So when it ends up being, let's, uh, so what was my first one? 1.5. Let's say it's, it's probably worth 1.5 and I go in at 1.2 and we get it for 1.4. We just saved like, you know, $100,000. And yet I'm like, oh, shit, it's, you know, that's quite a bit above 1.2. Even though I intentionally made up a lower number. Yeah. The research shows that we feel bad. And the other person feels good that they got 1.4 when in their head, the little, you know, the little lizard brain in the back of their head goes, oh, it was only worth 1.2. <laughs> so it's this funny thing where the person who speaks first gets the best outcome and feels worse about it. And the person who speaks second gets the worst outcome, but feels better about it. And that's okay, where, that's... apparently, that's where the notion of he who speaks first loses comes from. You feel like you lost, but actually it's, it's proven that, that you don't. You, you get yeah. a better outcome. Okay, that's that's a bit deep. Yeah, it's crazy. Because I'm trying to wrap my head around how do you even deal with that? How do you even... Like, if you were... if you, Yeah. What do you do? But what do you do? Whatever well, do you do about is, it? This is the thing, right? Like this is this is one of the things they say. Um, you, you sort of can't not be influenced by anchors. Like there's certain things, you know, you can try and go and look at data harder and focus on like, well, this is what the data says. Ignore the anchor, but it, it will just sway you if your if your decision making is involved in it. You can obviously try and get it to sway you less, but I, I just. Yeah, I'm, I'm crapping on about research a lot on this one, but it's just, I think it's so interesting on this. So as I said, the real estate agents and uni students thing, another, I think it was in the same research article, like the same thing, but separate group of people. When told they were being anchored, they were still anchored. So that's what gets it for me. They were like, they're like, how much do you think this, you know, uh, 
what, what what's around me i don't know my phone let's say you never you, you know you didn't know um yeah they show you like an android phone that you don't recognize sort of thing you're like oh this one's from say motorola are they still around i don't even know they, say they are from motorola. okay cool um how much do you think this phone's worth by the way i'm going to anchor you at 400 dollars. like <laughs> you're like right. but that's just an anchor to throw you off like i'll tell you that and you're like yeah. oh oh shoot <laughs> like i don't know it looks pretty fancy maybe like phones go for a lot maybe like 600 bucks and then like a separate group of people they'll be like by the way i'm going to anchor you at 1200 dollars yeah. I'm only saying that to throw you off. I'm intentionally saying it to throw you off. How much do you think this phone's worth? They're like, oh, like a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. So I don't okay, know. that's interesting. Yeah, it's you can't help it. <laughs> they even did a separate study, but they even did it. This was from Thinking Fast and Slow. I think these guys pretty much identified this first. But anyway, um, they were using social security numbers. So they got people to use their last two digits of the social security number and then gave them random objects of, uh, you know, like a bottle of wine and asked them how much it was worth. And if your social security number last two digits were like 34, your numbers like were very tight grouping around 34, whereas the people with like 19, their numbers were very tight grouping around 19. Like right. totally unrelated data. And yet. <laughs> See, and this is why I say, that you kind of have to have no notion of, of prices. Um, someone someone did the same sort of little exercise. He, um, he was explaining anchoring bias to us. This is years ago. And I was in a group full of, and it didn't kind of work, but I was in a group full of, well, actually, I should say it did work on most people, but not on me. I was in a room full of people who were mainly men and much physically much bigger than me. And what he did is he said to us, write down your weight in kilograms on a piece of paper. And now I'm assuming these men were maybe, they were all around 90 plus kilos, right? Okay. 90 to probably 150 was the range. Okay. And then he asked, and then he said, let's just, just let that number sink in, think about that for a bit. And then he asked, how many countries are there in Africa? <laughs> right? So that was his anchor. So did you have the lowest number of countries in, in uh, Africa? So because he was actually talking about anchoring bias at that yeah. point, I kind of knew where he was going to go with this. So I had, <laughs> I had 55 because that was my weight. Right. And then I was thinking to myself, am I saying that? Because do I believe it? Because I think, I genuinely think it's around there. It's around 50 or 60 countries. Like I was trying to name countries in my head. Yeah, because I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I'm 93, but I'm like, there's no way there's 93 in Africa. There's something like 280 in the world or something, isn't it? So I'm like, I don't know, Africa's a big place, maybe a quarter. But then you get around to about 50. So everyone was off because everyone kind of did go their answer did actually was anchored to their weight but which is to me silly because what does that have to do what does that number if, if, had he said had he said hey do you think there is more than 85 countries in africa or less than 85 countries so now you're anchoring yeah yeah yeah, yeah. to me that's a real anchor but 
putting some random number because in my head I knew there was around 50 or 60 countries yeah but it still made me go why am I I don't, I don't get this or is it right or am I just saying this it did kind of make me question it even though I was kind of very, obviously the closest one in the end yeah but I just don't see how some random number anchors you that has nothing to do with the question with the situation at hand but it did right but it did yeah but i think that stuck with me so much that i do kind of oh my god do you how many there are do you remember oh maybe 55 <laughs> 54 54 wow okay <laughs> so you just got lucky with your weight is what you're saying <laughs> no i because no because i knew there was between 50 and 60 yeah I I would be I would I I laughed because I thought don't tell me it's fifty five because that would just be funny. Yeah. I I actually wrote an article for our blog um, that's gonna come out. Well, wait. People are listening. When are people listening to this? It would have come out already. It would have come out already. Yeah. It probably, would have come yeah. out already. So let me try this on you. So, Daniel Craig. You know who Daniel Craig is? Yes. Of course. Okay. Go I'm gonna ask you a question now. This podcast is brought to you by the BBIT. If you want to improve your own thinking and problem-solving skills, visit blackbeltandthinking.com to sign up now. Will Daniel Craig get paid more or less in the two upcoming movies called Knives Out? They're Knives Out sequels, actually. Oh, yeah. Will he get paid more or less for the two upcoming Knives Out sequels than the $25 million that he got for the No Time to Die role? I'm going to say less. Okay. And so how much do you think he'll actually get paid in the two upcoming Knives Out sequels? Like to get together or each? Well, together, I guess. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, see, I'm anchored to 25. I want to halve it. I want to say 12. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the thing, because you don't actually know. No. You have no idea. I, and the, I think only, that's the... the only information I have is James Bond's a huge franchise Right. And I know that he didn't want to do the last one and they like paid him extra or something to, to make right? something. And what's Knives Out? Have you even seen it? Yeah, I didn't even finish it. But I have okay. seen I don't, it. I've never even, I don't even know. It's like, a, it's like a murder. It's like, a, it's basically Cluedo. They're in this mansion. Somebody murdered somebody and they don't know who and he's like investigating. Oh, I'd want to see that. Okay. It's, it's quite good. I don't know why I didn't finish it. But I just, I, I only know I didn't because every time I open Netflix or whichever thing it's on, it's one of the ones sitting there with like three quarters done. But it's so far done that it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to start again. You know, so that. <laughs> anyway, okay. sorry. Carry on. So but obviously, unless you actually have read, unless you've actually read this, or unless you're a Hollywood buff and you actually know what movies go for or know what Knives Out grossed at, or the actual answer is $100 million. What? So he'll get $100 million for the two sequels. Wow. More than James Bond. But because you go, okay, the $25 million mark, and you and I thought the same. I was like, okay, James Bond, right? Yeah. So I thought, well, my answer was closer to 25 because I thought if he got half for the other unknown movie <laughs> yeah. called Knives Out, and let's say two times that for the two sequels, but it does absolutely anchor you that, that, that price that paycheck that I mentioned. Wow. So it, 
I can absolutely see how people who are in sales or marketing can use this to manipulate people. Yeah. And this is probably one of the biases that because the anchor is really set by someone else, really you can be taken, like you're vulnerable to being exploited. Yeah, if you're a, I guess if you're a real estate agent or whatever, listing a house, um, and it's below the average for that suburb or something, you should probably tell people that. Well, the average in the suburb is 1.6, and this one's 1.4. Like, yeah, the average doesn't matter. Like maybe they're all bigger than this one, but yeah. you just go, oh. But you would say stuff. So, and I don't know if you've completely killed my argument with what you said in the beginning, that even people who know they're anchored <laughs> sort of fall for it. But my way of overcoming the anchoring bias was for you to really do your own research and create your own anchor in your head. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a thing. Like, I think you can still, because surely if somebody tells you something, like he tells you that, you go, oh, maybe it is a good deal. And then you spend the next like four weeks pouring over all the houses you want to look at and they're all coming up somewhere between 1.2 and 1.4. Yeah, an anchor's going to lose weight, right? Like, sure, you are disproportionately biased by that first information, but it's not the only thing your brain takes into account, right? Yeah. You just need to disproportionately read more about it. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thinking if who jumps into purchasing decisions these days? Oh, man, you would think, but I know so many people. I I find it weird because I'm like, I just... I obsess over buying something. Like I just bought a new like smartwatch, right? And I go on about it so much that like my partner's just sick of hearing me talk about it. She's like, "Why? When are you just going to buy this?" Because um, I like I'm an ah, I don't need it, you know. Yeah, oh, but it's got these features. No, oh, this is cool. Oh, I might want to watch a review on it. And you know, I like watch a few reviews. Well, oh, it's pretty cool actually, but I don't need it. And then like a month later, I'm like, I really want that smartwatch. <laughs> and then what tripped it over the line it's a Garmin one right what tripped it over the line was one of our mates said like oh are either you guys with um with Booper because uh, Booper's like a health a big uh, oh, yeah. yeah 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 um health insurance company whatever here uh because if you are you get 20% off Garmin fitness stuff as part of the like health partnership or whatever I was like oh sweet all right done bargain <laughs> <laughs> uh so bargain. yeah I don't but uh but no, I know these people that, that, yeah, it's wild because I think there's so much information. Why would you not take the time to make a decision? But I know so many people that are just, oh, I thought, sort of thought I needed a new car and I got a raise. And so I went and test drove one and I bought the first one and test drove immediately. Right. What? <laughs> what? But yeah, I guess, I guess that's what, uh, that's why buy now, pay later services are just absolutely storming it as, you know. Yeah, true. Awful as they are for people in society and stuff, they are doing extremely well. I guess what anchors me when it comes to purchasing cars is because I only ever pay cash for cars. Oh, yeah, same. Yeah, I wouldn't put one on finance. So, right. So, I I, I have this this much much money. (laughs) Yeah. But then, because probably because I'm more into cars than you are, I will spend months trawling 
until I find the exact model I want. And right. then I'll spend ages. Like I'll be quite happy to wait until I get one that's a good deal. And I get them there inspected the and one, everything. Right? Huh? There is the one. Yeah, like the I'll con- the concept of the one exists in, in cars for you. Yeah, for, for that given price, I'll get it down to a, a one specific model that I wow. want and, and literally nothing else. And I'll just like check for when a, a good deal comes up. And if I think it's a good deal, then I'll get it inspected. If it's good quality, then I'll buy it. Okay, well, so there you do go. your own research, people. Do your own research. Actual, real research. Actual, Not like, real. oh, well, I watched this one YouTube video. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I joined this Facebook group that's really obsessive on this topic and they've got extremist opinions on it. Like, well, imagine that. <laughs> An extremist Facebook? No. Yeah. What? No. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing of this, though, is to be aware that you basically can't fight it and it is happening. So be aware of it. You know, like be the first to try and jump in with something. Don't sit back and say, oh, I'll wait for them to say how much. You Use jump it to your own advantage, you. yeah. Yeah. Make sure you jump in first with numbers. Even if you're, who cares? Even if they're ridiculous, you it's, it's done. But even now that you said numbers, surely this would work with anything. Would it work with making yourself more optimistic about something or... Um, can you anchor yourself to a feeling or I reckon I mean now we're getting into opinions but I reckon if somebody tells you something is good or bad it's kind of that halo horns thing but if you know nothing about something and you go something's good or bad I reckon it takes a fair bit to overcome that even if it's even if it's something you don't know in the train and you overhear a conversation and they're like, oh, that new uh, James Bond movie sucks. Like, oh, man, why, does it, why do they think it sucks? And you might go like, ah, oh, I reckon I'll like it. But, ah, oh, that's interesting. They think it sucks. I reckon you're more likely to think it's worse at the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. There is a TV show that you and your partner watch. I'm not going to name it. Don't embarrass us because you're probably talking about one of the absolute trash TV. I know. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, good. And either, I think at one point, either of you said to me, oh my gosh, um, we watch it, blah, blah, blah. It's so entertaining, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Whereas I don't watch it. I I know of it. I've seen some episodes. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's shit, right? Yeah. It's, It's awful. But because... You said, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. It, uh, my reply to you was like, oh, yeah, it's good. Like, you've lifted my, <laughs> so my shit, because you were so positive about it, and maybe because I want to maintain the relationship. I'm like, no, but Peter wouldn't. Sure, I'm sure it's not that shit. Like, I'm sure it's, it's okay. It's good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, mean, right. you should give it a chance. Who knows? Yeah, give it a go. Yeah. Give it a go. Yeah. Okay, well. There you go. People, seek further information. Do yeah, not six. just go and buy a house. That's right. And if you do, make sure you go in with an outrageously low offer initially. Yeah. <laughs> One that they decline. They go, oh, we're not even going to entertain the thought of this. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I'll come back. Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't appreciate a few things. I'll, you know. 
actually bump it up by a whole a whole heap, but you've already anchored them down low. That's Ooh. the one. It's an interesting one. What I haven't seen is what if another buyer's come in with an offer before yours, and that's really low. Does that does that anchor them down, or are people sort of relatively freshly anchored on each negotiation? It's you can re-anchor people. Yeah. Okay. So how you would re-anchor is. And this has happened to me in salary negotiations where you offer someone a salary and they tell you, oh, but I got offered X amount by this company. Right. Now you're re-anchored. <laughs> re-anchored. Say, all right. Good luck. Bam. So actually, you maybe know? that's our advice to people. Re-anchor. re-anchor. Yeah. Hmm. Use a bit of fear of loss in there. Because people, we, we actually got, um, when we were selling our first home that we had, we were selling it and first open home, we, we had an offer of exactly what we wanted, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, oh, shit, we, we lowballed it, like with the price, the asking price. And then the next offer we got, was way lower <laughs> right <laughs> and you're like oh no wait wait yeah, yeah yeah, come back come back wait what yeah <laughs> so absolutely i think if someone gives you a really if someone offers you a really low price on the home that you're trying to sell because you're already probably attached to a price i think you do go oh 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 my home's not worth as much yeah I really, and I think agents do use that with exception of your partner. I think agents do kind of go, oh, look, you should just settle. Yeah, no. An agent actually tries to do that. She's on the other side. She's a buyer's agent. She's the buyer's agent, right? Uses all these things to your benefit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, not if you're the seller, I guess. But tough. (laughs) Interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay, you want to close us off? I think we probably said everything we needed yeah, to say. Said, like, just be be super aware of anchoring because it impacts you whether you think it does or doesn't or whether you're trying for it or not. You know, if you get the opportunity, dive in first. And if you have been an, set by an anchor, you're not happy about it, as you say, try and re-anchor. Or if you can, go, go get a ton of information to try and sway yourself the other way. That's the one. Information cool. is golden. All right, you got a... Uh, what are we talking about next next time? Or should we decide that later? Oh, we haven't decided. I'm yeah. sure we'll pick a good one. All right, cool. Well, we'll see you guys next time for whatever great uh, great bias we look at. See you then. All right, see you.